Welcome back to another great episode of Comedians in Bed. And as always, I like to give an introduction for our next guest. Now, when you hear him tell jokes, you may think of E-40. Like, e, the way E-40 raps is the way this guy talks. I love it. I like it. It feels like you're talking to a big uncle, even though we're not far age, far apart in age. This guy comes from Cali, man. He does his thing. He's so mysterious, but he's so freaking funny. We had to have him on the podcast, especially with a beautiful name like this. Everybody, please give it up for our next guest, Anya Malik, everybody. What's crackalacking is Anya oh, yeah, Malik. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so tired of y'all comparing me to E40 and shit. <laughs> but it's my own fault, man. I've been listening to that brother since I was like nine, ten years old. <laughs> I done bought in a major way. Man, on every on every uh, every medium it could be purchased on cassette tape, <laughs> CD. I done bought it on iTunes. I streamed it on iMusic. I I ripped it on Napster. I was getting every, every iteration of music. I didn't found a way to to purchase that in a major way album. So yeah, I guess man. I, I did this to myself. Yeah, when you was when I was hearing you tell jokes, I was like, man, this guy sound like E freaking forty, man. It's crazy, but it's 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 funny because it's like that's how he would talk. Like if he talked his raps out, like kind of sort of. And I do get a, uh, I do get, not accused, but I get, uh, um, I get characterized as a motherfucker who make up their own language. I got his, <laughs> I got, I got shit. Only I'll say, like lamb chopping. <laughs> Don't nobody say lamb chopping. <laughs> what does lamb chopping mean? Lamb chopping. That's when, uh, that's when, that's when, uh. That's when a woman look at you with the tantalization, like the cartoons when they had the lamb chops in the eyes. When when, when Wiley Coyote see the road runner, they be, he look. Yeah. That's how. Yeah, that's lamb chopping. <laughs> <laughs> that's also that's the, the title of my first album, uh, my first comedy album, Lamb Chopping, dropped in 2012, 2012 December twenty twelve. Ten year old baby. Has it pick? Has that word picked up? Has anybody else used it, or is it just? I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't do shit for the, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I might, that people, people will say my shit to me a lot. I don't know what they do in other circles, but <laughs> I don't really generate for the purpose of getting picked up and, and yeah. heavily not, I guess that's a part of my mystery. <laughs> I'm mysterious. I ain't never heard that one. I was like, man, I'm not going to argue with it either. Cause if you need to argue with that, I got to start telling my business. And it's like, no, I'm not mysterious. I'll tell you what I was doing. Nah, I'm an open book. I'm not. <laughs> I just feel like you're so dynamic uh, with like the comic books that you're into. Like, I don't know. I, I would take that you're into anime. I'm not for sure. It's just like, I guess like you don't, uh, look, you know, judge a book by its cover. You, you know, uh, you just look like you. I guess people would assume you're like in the hardcore rap or whatever, but like you seem so like total opposite. But at the same time, you do like I got it. Yeah, I got. I'm not. I'm not deep into no direction. You know, I'm not like if as soon as I and I learned this. This is kind of part of my my growing up. You know, as soon as I, you know, you find a, a crowd, I pretty much don't belong. <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, they like. They like, oh, this dude's a nerd. I'm saying, let me go over here with the nerds. Oh, this dude's a little aggressive. Let me go with the aggressive. Oh, no, nah, this dude, this dude's a poet. Oh, let me go with the poets. <laughs> oh, this dude, this dude. So I think balance is where I'm at with it. Yeah, I have an appreciation for anime. But yeah, as soon as I get into the anime circles, they start naming, they start naming the creators and the, and the, and the writers and the manga. I'll be like, man, look, bro, I just, you know, <laughs> I just like to kick on back and, and I just like to kick on back and watch some shit, you know. But then when it's like, you know, when I put on Full Metal Alchemist, they're like, oh, you, oh, okay, oh, you <laughs> fuck with that. <laughs> so yes, I think you know, I'm not really completely into no no direction, you yeah. know, just uh. Even comedy, it's like I'm not a comedy nerd. I'm not a, I'm you know I didn't study every. I don't watch every comedy special, and I don't go into the history and just you know I'm. As soon as I entered into this, I I knew that I was just gonna just develop my own 
pattern and anything that I picked up, it, it, it picked me up more than I picked it up. You know, it resonated with me more than I was looking for something to be resonating with. In what ways did comedy pick you up? Well, I mean, I, well, I meant like techniques and shit like that. Like, I don't go, you know, I wouldn't go check out a comedian to see what they did to be successful or effective in comedy. Uh, I would just happen to see that. And it's like, hmm, I noticed that like a callback. I never was like, what is this technique or, or a misdirect? You know what I mean? It was like, oh, that's what that is when you switch their head up and you, they think you're going in one. Oh, that's a, called a misdirect. Let me do some more yeah, of that. Yeah. It ain't like, you know, I was watching a certain comic. I was like, he's really good with the misdirection. Let me watch him and study this, this technique with these callbacks. None of that. But but yeah, that's so that's like techniques resonate with me. But yeah, comedy did kind of pick me up in a sense that like I've always been humorous and I've always, you know, been uh, like a, a a sly joke cracker, cracking jokes. You know what I'm saying? I'll get my little digs in. But it wasn't until I said some some funny shit uh, in the car of people and the driver, the whole car was laughing and then the driver hit another car. And that's that's when I had that's when I had the the epiphany that maybe I should I should hone that in and try to and try to uh, sharpen or just try to you know get creative with the comedy. I should perform stand up comedy. Yeah, it didn't ha- it didn't happen right as he co- had the collision. It was while they <laughs> was uh, exchanging insurance information, and I because I'm the passenger, I'm like, man, when we gonna wrap this? Come on, come on, man. We and uh, so I'm like, damn, I should have. I should have never said nothing. See, if I wasn't so funny, if I wasn't so funny, man, I'd be on my way right now. Man, I should do comedy because a mechanic finna make five hundred dollars off this. Man. <laughs> so, what year? What, what year, year was uh? What year was uh, this? What year started comedy? Started comedy. I think this shit was two thousand. It was two thousand five when I was when I was a much younger. I was yeah, I was twenty one. Okay. Okay. You can do the math. You can get your math song. Actually, no, it was 2004. It happened, and then I didn't do it until 2005. Oh, okay, okay, okay. But I was still 21. So, yeah. What make what, what makes you still want to keep going? Like you've been in it for a while. What makes you still want to keep going? Um, I mean, that's a. I just have. I just have projects and bits and jokes and albums and and shit in my mind and in my heart that I just kind of just have to get out. And so it's not, you know, so there's that aspect. And then it's kind of compulsive at this point, you know, like if, if, if I'm in a, in another city and I'm bored in my hotel room, I'm not going to go to, I'm going to go try to find an open mic rather than just go find a regular ass bar you yeah. know because then i could at least uh i could at least work on something but you know I, i'll even go back further though it was my pops man my my father he's a, a poet and a playwright and him and my mom been divorced and so on his weekends on his custody weekends we wouldn't be at his house we'd be at my grandmother's house uh and he would go off and do his night shit. Uh, but every once in a while, he would take me with him and, and ask if I wanted to read some poetry. And so I would have poetry, you know, reading poems in the, in the cafe, 10 years old. Um, and so that was my introduction to just public speaking and performance art, you know, just straight out my mind, in my mind and out my mouth. And so I think at this, you know, so I still have that kind of, I still have that that inclination to get in front of a bunch of people and express, but comedian or com- comedically is is at this point, you know, I'm like, you know, in, I started in 2005. It's we almost we almost 20 years. That's 18, damn near 18 years ago. You feel me? So, uh, you know, at the you know at this point, I like built. It's a, it's a it's a habit, or it's it's a. I really. Not don't know what else to do. It's just there's nothing much that I'm interested in doing. You know, yeah, it's not yeah. too much that excites me. The club shit, you know, I 
even if I if even if I was dope at DJing and all of that shit, you know, I would still be like, man, these are other people music. Or I would, <laughs> you know, I, you know, I, at some point in the uh, in the in the it, at, around the end of the pandemic, uh, I had honed some little DJ skills because uh, I used to do radio and I used, to, you know, I know how to blend records, but all that scratching and everything else was kind of elusive to me. And so in the pandemic, I was, you know, trying shit out and kind of got comfortable enough to throw my auxiliary in around a bunch yeah. of people and got it in the mix. Yeah. But it was yeah. at it was at it was at a comedy, it was at a comedy club and it was just like still I was just like, man, these other people record man. Can I go on stage? Man, can I get it? So it's still like I think that's just the the more interesting environment for me. You know, cats talking talking shit, man, being hilarious, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Being with your being with your daddy. And seeing and all seeing of that, um, like seeing all the creativity go uh, like in front of your eyes. How did um, like going with your dad and just being in a creative space as a young kid? How did that like influence um, your upbringing? Oh uh, man, well, it, it wasn't like something that was so readily available, you know, because they custody agreement was uh, was <laughs> one. <laughs> Nah, on some real shit, man. Their custody agreement was one that really didn't really lend itself to a whole lot of father-son time. And yeah. even then, the time that we did have, uh, even the poetry wasn't readily available. It was like once in a blue moon. So it kind of, it, it, it was so few and far between that it wasn't like something I could take for granted. It was just something that, you know, if I'm lucky, oh, he can invite, he, I might get to go out and and, and read these poems tonight or read this one this one i've been working on tonight and it kind of feels the same way you know like to just have something just something that you want to say somehow and express in a in a deep profound kind of manner that uh that just a regular conversation or a regular forum is not going it's not going to support you know it might be too deep for the, the circle of brothers or sisters or, or mix, you know, circle of folks that you in, it might be too deep for the work discussion. It might be, you know, ain't nobody trying to, to hear your deepest ruminations and your, you know, uh, how you, how you, uh, how you interpret the world yeah. around us, you know? And so I don't know, uh, that just that, but having that as a foundation, um, it kind of, it kind of allowed me, to own my 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 speech a little bit more deliberately when you're being creative and you're trying to figure out like which avenue to go in how do you choose that because you have so many ones to pick from you know you do rap you do i mean i think you rap you, you do poetry you do you do comedy so how do you choose like which one to to pick the lane for the create creative mode that you're feeling that given day uh that's man so I kind of like, I kind of have a little evolution. Like, you know, it started with poetry. Then, yeah, eventually I was rapping. But um, at some point I was a journalist. I was producing uh, content for public media outlets like uh, KQED, NPR. I've been on NPR over a dozen times, won some awards. Um, and so, uh, and then it led, to, you know, then that that event happened when I was 21. And so then I was trying to I was trying to balance all of that. I'm just like this poet, rapper, journalist, comedian. But comedy seemed like the most liberating, you know, because there's no there's no uh, there's no real censorship. The only censor is that is the, is the designed result, the desired result to make people laugh. And is it designed yeah. to make is it is the humor embedded in there if not then yeah um and then so once i decided to just focus strictly on comedy within that i was made aware of a whole wide range of comedy styles that exist beyond just stand up you know there's 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 scripts you know there's scripting you know the shit that we watch television you know some shit ain't used, ain't, ain't meant to be told on stage. It's more visual, so you gotta write it out instead of standing on stage. And then he said, and then he said, and then they said, and then I said, and you can type yeah. all that out, man. Put that on, the, put that in the script, man. Let them act that out. Uh, there's improv, there's sketch, um, 
And so I was introduced to that all. It was kind of just like an evolutionary process uh, up until this point. And so, uh, yeah, man, it, it was just, you know, that kind of that that evolution kind of informed where I'm at today. And then having experienced all of that, you know, one particular idea can live in a bunch of different spaces. You know, some shit's not funny out loud, haha. But if you put it in a script and, and and depict it, you know, you might not even need words for it. You know, Mr. Bean was crazy. Watching mm. Mr. Bean was crazy. He didn't make a sound. He might he might be like ah, 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 that, but that was it. You know, it's but the situation, the scenario itself was just like, oh man, he cannot stand up without falling down again. You know, yeah. And so just, I think the I have the ability with the ideas that I have, I allow them to find their own form. And I can try it in a bunch of different ways, um, but it just naturally is going to gravitate towards the proper outlet at this point. Yeah, I never thought about this before, but like um, one thing that happens is, uh, just like you, I used to write poetry, write songs, uh, works for news, and then like when I I tend to look up people who's already made it to see like what was their path, and like when I look up like Regina Hall or something like that, like they usually like she did journalism stuff like that. Like, why do you think we pick these these different outlets until is it just like we just knocking on the door to see which one fits us? Because it kind of seems like we all do the same thing until we like okay, this is my avenue. Um. Well, you know, I can't really speak for other people. Um, mine, my, my journey with create creative expression and performative expression, uh, it's just the desire to be heard. You know, my shit is my shit is like, I think a lot of points in my life, uh, I've, I've experienced a lot of misunderstanding or a lot of suppression or a lot of false narratives. And so, you know, the desire and the, the, the need really to, to have my voice on the record has been, has just kind of been the, the, the guiding factor to all of that. And so I, that might be why a lot of black folks, you know, take to a lot of these, 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 uh, these professions and, and paths is because you know, we not really, our stories is only really told among us. Our expressions is only really shared among us. And then a lot of times they not even share. By the time you get it out, you know, this it might be another brother. Sometimes it'd be your own people telling you that, oh, that's that, that's that's what they, that's what them other people, or that's what this 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 that's what that people do, or this what this people do, or this what not what you're supposed to do. And then when you go over there, they like, ah, that's not what you but this not what we do. This not, so it's like really everybody's got more projections uh onto you than you're actually projecting and so to get behind that just to get behind that side of the light to be the one you know uh sending as opposed to all this receiving you know we digest so much media i mean we die i mean somebody's gonna be watching this right now you know but we on this side of it yeah and that's 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 important especially for you know a brother like myself who has been on the opposite end of that like for the most for the majority of my life or until I found comedy or you know and even in even within these capacities there's limitations and so you want to find the most you want to find the, the most unrestricted means to express yourself i thought it was rap you know but sometimes if you can't find the word to rhyme with what you're trying to say you can't it don't really make no sense to say it and if it's not dope it don't matter if it don't rhyme so man you have to put that idea somewhere else you know and then you know journalism it's got it it's got a formula it's got a formula and a format and so i was in public media doing commentaries and features uh where okay the formula or the format was not the same as as a uh, commercial media um, which is why I took to it because I could talk about real shit that like affected me, like, you know, racial, racial profiling, police brutality and shit that affected me in a real way. Um, but even then in the public media space there, you know, there's limitations on, on what, on what they will, they will air, 
you know, NPR not going to air every they're not they, well, at the time that I was doing it. They wasn't going to allow this. There was sometimes I would produce content for NPR in response to a national story of something happening. And for either time or content, certain certain sentences and lines had to be cut. And that used to crush my soul because, you know, I, I've aired over a dozen times, but, you know, more than half of the times I went out on the air, by the time it got to the airwaves, I didn't even fuck with me. You know, I was like, bro, this should do without me saying what I meant to say with y'all took that one line out, you know, and then by the time it got there, I would just be so tired of the back and forth process. I'd just be like, man, just run it. Just just run it. Get your little thing in. And then even then, you know, they got their, you know, like the uh, the commercial media, they cater to their advertising dollars. But the, mm -hmm. the, the public media, they cater to their their uh, donator, their donation base. And so if you saying something that's going, you know, that's going to rub the liberals or the donators in a, in a direction that they don't want to hear that they can't digest with what this real perspective is talking about, then even then that has to get cut. That that got to get cut, and that was another eye-opening thing. It's like, okay, well, I rather I rather comedy, you know, because then at least I can talk the shit that I want to talk, and as long as it's funny, as long as I make it funny, then you know, then then it'll be accepted. Now, come to find out, you know, that's not exactly true. <laughs> you know, certain <laughs> forums, certain forums now, especially now, they don't want you to joke like that. And it's like, but, you know, at least still, I can still release a project and still get it in on stages that I could, I could design the forum in that. And then through that, maybe I learned that I could have designed the forum the whole time. I could have yeah. been, you know, at every step of this, at every step of this journey, I could have been the one that said, okay, well, I'm gonna bust it open over here. And you know, there y'all didn't like how that ran. If you liked, if you like that version that ran on NPR, here the raw version on my website. But I wasn't thinking like that back then. Yeah, yeah. When you when let's you, say you let's get say to you get the level that you aspire to get to, do you plan on you know using these different form of avenues to express yourself? Since you'll be you'll be more in your control. Say it again. So when you get to the level that you aspire to be at, uh, will you go back to expressing yourself on these different uh, creative mediums that you have, like poetry, rap, news, all that type of stuff? Well, I think I never abandoned them. You know, I never abandoned them. Uh, I still write poetry. I still write shit. Some of my uh, some of my comedy my comedy albums lately and my EPs lately they all have some music in it, and so I never abandoned my abilities I, you know i had abilities you know i won i won awards in journalism you know uh edward r murrow in 05 uh new york festivals in 2007 uh so i had i had these abilities to to i and i never you know i never kind of i never got rid of them they never left it's just i was just you know i just switched up focus but i still you know i still write i still write it's and even in the levels that I aspire to, I learned that that you know that's that's kind of that's kind of a figment of your imagination to be, because in a lot of ways, when I look back, look back at myself looking forward, I achieved a lot of those levels. You know, it's like walking down the street, and you see somewhere that you want to go eat at, and once you get over there, you know it's down the road. It may look far, but once you get over there, you like okay. I'm here. I ate, but damn, you know what next? Or what? What? Where? Where am I going? Where am I going to go now? Or you eating the food and it ain't what you thought it was going to be. But when you was looking back there, you was just hungry, right? And you was just looking for somewhere to go get some food. Have you ever? Have wrote you ever wrote a girl? A girl have you ever wrote like the girl that you were dating? Have you ever wrote her a poem? <laughs> Uh, no, I've written poems about women that I was uh, various stages of attraction in, uh, with and without, um, but I never really shared the poetry with the women. I never shared. I never used it as a means to achieve the romantic shit. 
Why not? Yeah, I, I wasn't. I, you know, I don't know. It, 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 that that kind of that kind of energy kind of seems kind of kind of uh, cheap to me. You know, <laughs> like a lot of a lot of people enter into shit for these pursuits. You know, like a lot of folks. You know, some people get into poetry just because of women. They watch Love Jones and they looked at how the sisters looked at. The brother and I and they want to be in that space because they want to they want to court that attention. But that's like, I think deep down that was like dubious to me to where it's like if you got to do that for that, you don't need to do that for that. You can get women at your job, not to say that you're getting them at the job, but I'm saying any position that you in in life, somebody going to look at you and be like, who's that brother over there? You know, but to, to do things for the intent of attracting women is not is not really holy it's kind of unholy to me it was it always seemed unethical creatively for this to be the 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 uh the means to that end yeah especially you know growing that's like a coming of age thing the more you learn and the more you grow the more you know that you don't need to do that to achieve that i don't you don't need to be a poet you don't need to be nothing other than yourself to achieve and rich and rich that's the other thing too though but you know you don't get well you get well for that then you know i mean and then even then you'll do studies on yourself when you have money and when you ain't got money the women that you with when you got money versus the women that you with when you ain't got money i think the quality is different you know the, the ones that's there when you ain't when you down and out them is the real solid ones and then when you up or maybe you're more solid when you, you know, when you when you you can't just, you know, take shit for for, you know, you can't just buy whatever or you got to be a little bit more creative, you know, and you just write things off. And so any any pursuit, any anything that's for the pursuit of the women aspect of the, the romance of the, the male female attraction to kind of stir that up i've never been a for the ladies ass nigga basically I, <laughs> you'll never hear me say for the ladies right anytime i'm around some brothers <laughs> bruh i the the 40 oh you know i you know i had to do that for the lady because like you know fellas might cr create a whole life and a whole identity just for the result to getting women and then it's like you're not gonna meet a woman trying to get trying to be attractive to the women you know what i'm saying or the ladies if you for the ladies you're not gonna you're not gonna you're not gonna attract your ladies you're gonna just get you just gonna follow what you think is what they chasing and then really you just looking at maybe who you like and seeing what they like and then trying to catch them on that regard when in reality if you just stick to your own, your own uh, center of yourself, you man, that woman you was looking at, you probably, you probably find her younger doppelganger. You know what I'm saying? With more in a in a better place in life, and she all about you, just just because you all about you, or you was all about you was focused. At least you know more about yourself than what what the ladies like. You know what I'm saying? Cause the, you know, and then they shit fickle as fuck anyways, man. Don't get me started on that, bro. They, 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 they so inconsistent. That's why they, that's why they yearn consistency. <laughs> that's why they, they, they seek, they seek the consistency that they lack. The ones that, that speak on it. You know what I'm saying? The love doctor Anya over here. <laughs> Stop. My if, if I'm a if I'm a love if if I'm the if I'm a doctor of love, all I'm gonna do is teach you how to love yourself. You know what I'm saying? Excite your own, excite your own uh interest in you. And then from there, bruh, ain't no really ain't no really limits to where you can go with, with a lot of shit. And then you can see through a lot of bullshit either, and you see what's what's for you and what's against you, because you for you. That's the uh that's the that's the ultimate love that people should strive for a love for themselves. Like you can see a lot more things clearly when you start to love yourself. At least that's been my experience. Yeah, man. Love yourself, knowledge yourself, all of that. All of that. And then I man, I'm I sound like real slick and, and, and smooth when I say it, but I be falling short. Sometimes I be forgetting about myself. Sometimes, you know, I'll be like, you know, do they got me fucked up or do I got me fucked up? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like
that's the thing about it. Like I'm I'm a real quiet guy and I think a lot of people take that for for granted, but they don't be knowing I can snap, but I just don't choose to, you know. Right. Cuz then yeah, you know, a lot of times we be in dynamics. It's a dynamic. As soon as you snap, that's that's you and that person in a dynamic. You know what I'm saying? Well, however y'all got a relationship. Y'all got a rapport essentially. No matter what the the nature of it is, y'all y'all are y'all got a y'all got y'all for lack of a better word, entangled, you know what I'm saying? Uh, it, and that's a quant, that's a physics term, the entanglements, you know what I'm saying? August, uh, uh, Jada and August and took that to another level, but you know, what, what Jay-Z said uh, in the takeover, you know, uh, you don't argue with fools because people from a distance can't tell who's who. It just looked like, to, and I've been, in, I've been in a bunch of them. I've been in a bunch of them kind of uh, dynamics to where all oh, this motherfucker's this motherfucker fucking with me or this fool got me fucked up. And then somebody else see that all they see is, oh, we saw y'all. <laughs> they don't see <laughs> the, the nuance of it. We, they, we see y'all. And it's just like, you know, and I, like I said, I still struggle. I still, well, not struggle. I still experience that to this day, you know? Yeah. yeah. You're all human living, a, living a human experience for sure. Let's pivot here. Now you're making big ways. Uh, getting your comedy out there um how did you come up with the title mr sir that is now streaming on your youtube channel mr sir uh i think it is that well it's in that uh mr sir it was uh it's like one of them things that you know i was brought up that you address older people your elders as a certain type of way, or at least adults, you know, like when we was a certain age, you couldn't just call motherfuckers by their first name. It's, you know, and so as we advance through life, I feel like I hit a checkpoint to where I'm like, you know, if, if you're not, if you younger than me, you got to hit me with, even if you older than me, you got to, you, you know, you can't really, you can't really, you, you gotta, you gotta, I, I dictate the terms of the address. Otherwise I'm not really, addressing it i'm not fucking with it if it's if i'm not if you're not mistering me or sirring me it's you know then i don't i don't really got too much i ain't got too much space for it and this is kind of like in the uh in the uh you know in the in the in the advancement of pronouns and shit like that so i feel like a brother of a certain age especially aging past a certain age is not granted to us so that's a projection that we not we not guaranteed these big 30s and early forties mm -hmm. and all of that, and so you know, let alone fifties and sixties. And so, when I hit that checkpoint, it's like um, it's kind of like a, a a monument to to even be able to to play with the idea of how you address me, how I'm to be addressed. You know, you don't really get that consideration in your in your youth, and really at every stage in life, there's somebody there to tell you that you're still young, and I, and and youth is. You know, youth is youth is uh is celebrated because we as a society enjoy manipulation and it's easier to manipulate based on the youth than anything. And so but after a certain checkpoint, I feel like that that's that's null and void because I'm like I'm no longer young. You know, I'm young to an old motherfucker and I'm old. <laughs> I'm old to a young motherfucker, right? So where I am at on that scale is subjective, but definitely in the eyes of, you know, and, and, you know, I've been I've been an adult for an adult period of time. You know, it's, you could set a whole adult on top of my adulthood, <laughs> you know, and then that that you know, you, yeah. So I didn't live two adult lives, you know, so. <laughs> So that speaks something. So that's where Mr. Yeah. Sir kind of kind of came from. Uh, and I just kind of think it was just a, a, a cool ass, a cool ass title in it. In it, I talk about, you know, I, I mentioned Mr. Sir. So I had to throw it back to that. Uh, it just felt like a cooler title. There's also, you know, a little uh, conversation uh, with women who don't want to be called ma'am, who don't like mm -hmm. the, the, the ma'am terminology, even though, you know, it's a term of respect you know, that we, that we bestow on our, on the women. They don't want to be elders. They want to, they want to reject, <laughs> they, they want to reject the aging process, which, you know, a lot of that is tied into the, the, the manipulation and advantage that 
men are attracted to. So they still want to be in alignment with that attraction. Then they want to ride that manipulation wave of it when really it's just like, ma'am, you and Adele, we, we come on, we grown. We ain't, we not going, I'm not going to miss, you will miss, you a little miss. Come on. You older. come on. We at the same age. You older than me. Come on, ma'am. Man, I'm, I'm respectful. You know, I have more to, I have a, a specific anecdote for that, but I won't spoil it on this program. Just check it out. Mr. Sir on AnyaMalik.com. Yeah, how did you, How did you come, up come up with, uh, with uh, the title for the new special? This is your, I believe your 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 uh, first hour, or if not your first hour, but uh, looks like it's doing some 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 good things out there in in Austin. How did you come up with with that title? Is it is it about to premiere? By, by the time this show drop, it will it will be premiered. So how did you come up with that title? Um. Uh, well. I shot the special. I had, you know, I shot the special. We shot it at uh, Sal's Comedy Hall uh, in, on Melrose in Hollywood. Sal's Comedy Hall, uh, which is no longer operation operating. Sal sold it, sold his business. Congratulations, he made it out the rat race, made it out the maze. Uh, but we shot, I shot two shows there, and. Uh, the second show, I didn't have a title for it, you know, but the special itself pulled from a little piece of material from everything that I had ever released. So I said Lamb Chopping came out in 2012. Between now, between then and now, I done released several projects, you know, about it, maybe about a dozen projects, maybe. Um and so I didn't have a title, that, but it was after the rap. It was when we rapped, and then we went somewhere. It was a little running joke that I was – I won't spoil it. I won't spoil it, but it was kind of uh, – uh, it was kind of poetic how uh, me and a couple of the crew fellas that was working on the, the, the project, we was in the back smoking and drinking, um, and it kind of just came out. We just – you know, somebody said grand blessings, and uh, – and it kind of just stuck. So I, I say blessings a lot. I say blessings a lot because I'm, you know, some I've been trying to clean up my speech a little bit. Or sometimes, sometimes more I have more to say than what wants to get out, and I just say blessings. You know, and, and like for quite some time, like at least maybe ten years, I've been signing off emails with blessings. That's like, thank you. Uh, I will talk later. Blessings, Anya Malik. Da, 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 da. Uh, and so that's been a part of my speech. And there's other people that say, like, I don't, I, you know, I don't own the word blessings. I didn't steal it from nobody. But, uh, you know, it's just one of them things that, like, you know, as especially as we advance as brothers, brothers and sisters advance in age, they start praying more. <laughs> you know, I don't know if you know this. We start praying. We, you know. Like my mom, my mama, because she got some shit where she'll just say, you know, when shit is getting too much, where she used to just say, fuck you niggas or fuck these motherfuckers or da da da, da she'll just say, Lord, today. You know? <laughs> and she just give it up to the most high. And, you know, I think, uh, so I think y'all definitely hit that checkpoint where I'm at, you know, where, where I just kind of just at least appreciate, acknowledge even the blessings of, uh, 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 a less than favorable situation. You know, if you can't find the blessing, I'm going to say the blessing and then, you know, uh, then there will be grace. But, uh, so yeah, that's how that, that's how that came to be. Uh, that's how blessings came into my lexicon. And then how it came into this special was no, was no different. And then I do uh, mention my grandmother. So there's like a couple of notes that grand blessings itself hits and there's another note that that goes in there that i won't give up i don't want to you know what i'm saying i don't want to spoil it i don't want to spoil the special but uh but yeah so grand blessings it's you know and this is my 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 my, my debut you know my my legit debut and so uh yeah that was it was just no better title how does it feel to be recognized by the austin revolution film festival after putting in so much work for all these years sure uh man, I'm still, I'm still, I'm still trying to catch the feeling, man. I ain't uh really articulated, you know. Uh, I haven't really been able to articulate what it feels like because it's not even just the selection. We nominated, you know, and I don't know by the time whether this airs or not, 
what awards we'll win or if we'll, you know, if we don't win none of them or if we win them all, just being nominated, it validates. It's just a, a just a heavy, heavy validation that I didn't even know. We wasn't looking for, I wasn't looking for validation. For me, the validation is in the completion of the work. The fact that it was finished was validating enough to that it's done. That's why I've always, that's why I always put my, my shit down first and just say, well, I'd just rather just create the shit. And then, you know, that's the accomplishment is that I did it. It, it, it was done. And, you know, if you didn't do it, you, you won't relate. You can't do it. You, you didn't do it. You can't really relate. And so even then, like producing my 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 albums, you know, I kind of I, I, to a lot of people that I know or that know of me, I reignited the awareness of a comedy album to a lot of people, not the masses. But, you know, before I decided to do that, you know, I'm from Oakland, California. Um, where it's a heavy independent spirit in the Bay. You know, E-40, the aforementioned E-40, Too Short, uh, Mac Dre, uh, just countless artists have been supported through selling their own merch and their own music or their own content direct to consumer. And so when I put my first project out, it was about having something that people that fuck with me didn't have to wait on somebody else to recognize me for them to hold the piece and i could i could go direct to consumer you know um it's possible and so just that is the accomplishment within itself and so the fact that like i was gonna release this i we was gonna release it on youtube before the end of 2022 it was shot in february 2022 we did a round of pitches to distributors nobody was fucking with it the only people that was fucking with it, they wanted to, they wanted to, man, they wanted, they did crazy percentages and they, or they wanted, yeah, man, it was nuts. So uh, I was just going to just drop it on YouTube. And then we got the, we got the call that, or we got the email that we've been selected for the film festival. And, you know, that right there is just like, oh shit, this is actually going to premiere somewhere. So now I got to sit on it. I kind of put a lid on my own excitement. Even I can't even really announce it yet. I got to wait a few weeks to even talk about it. And then even then I had, you know, to get nominated for awards. Uh, we was nominated. We nominated or you say it's going to air after the 10th. We were nominated for best TV series, uh, best actor, me uh, and best director, Darian Sills Evans. So we 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 got three nominations. And so that's just a tremendous validation to the work that they don't see put in. They don't know that, you know, this 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 special was cherry picked from everything I've ever released. They don't know that. But but when when you when the raw product, when the finished product was given, not only is it placement worthy, it might be award worthy. And so that mm -hmm. that's just I haven't been able to I haven't been able to to grasp the the feeling of that that validation cuz I mean the validation has always been internal and I've always been kind of a like, well, we don't need to get, we don't need to be validated. We don't need to be validated by, I don't really, you know, if you fuck with it or not, but the act, when it actually happens, they're like, oh, they love me. So it's still difficult to describe for sure. Um, um, what was I about to say? Okay, so. I didn't even know that it was possible to submit like your comedy special into a film festival. So how did you get that process and what was the process of submitting it beyond like just submitting it like through the submission tape or whatever? Fam, I got to I got to I got to give props and praise. I got to give props and praise to my collaborator, the filmmaker, Darian Seals Evans. I'm not I wasn't even up on that either, man. <laughs> I was not aware. I was not aware. So even then, the po the possibility he he mentioned that we would submit to a couple film festivals, and I just kind of just went in one ear and went out because even when he said it, he was like, "I was like, they do they even fuck with comedy?" It's like, all right, anyways. Um, but we did have a uh, but the way I the way I conceived this special, there's a, a cinematic opening and closing. That kind of tied everything together in that, yeah, it's a stand-up special, but it, it could also be somewhat of a short 
type of thing. And so, uh, you know, I, I, I'm not, I'm not familiar with or, uh, versed in the film festival submission process whatsoever. I did appear in Sundance, uh, 2020 before the pandemic. I was in a, uh, I was in a, um, I was in a, 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 a TV pilot that was presented as a short film, but even that I didn't, uh, I was just I was just a, a a co-star, you know. I wasn't one of the producers. I didn't submit. Even when the thing ran, when when it got picked up by Sundance, I had to pay my own ticket, and I didn't get no I didn't get no uh I had to pay my own ticket out there, and had no access to any of the events. I had to ask production. They were surprised to see me. They was like, "Oh, what you doing here?" I was like, "I heard we going to Sundance." Oh, they oh, they like, we going to Sundance. I was like, "Well, we here, man. What's up? Who got the, you got some extra passes for a player?" You know, and <laughs> and so I'm like, you know, so even to even be that that makes it even a little bit more breathtaking to me as someone who didn't submit. I'm not. I wasn't the submitter. You know, I wasn't yeah. the one to submit. But but something bigger than me. Uh, is calling me into them spaces, and I just gotta just appreciate that. I just, you know, just just give it up to that. But so I have no idea how to. But I think it's pretty straightforward of a process if you look at their websites. Because uh, yeah. I was looking into submitting to some more places, and I started, you know, once I had this awareness that what what is possible, now that's just like you can't erase that possibility. So I'm like looking at other little things that I have. Um, and seeing how to get them in other places. And I look on the websites, they're pretty straightforward processes. Yeah. Film Freeway, uh, if you guys want to, I, I use that often a lot too. Um, who's on your uh, Mount Rushmore of comedy? My, my Mount Rushmore of comedy, uh, Dick Gregory, Damon Waynes, Dave Chappelle, and George Carlin. Uh, yeah. That's my Mount Rushmore. With honorable mentions for Chris Rock and Bill Cosby. I just picked up a Bill Cosby album on vinyl. I'm going to check them out. I've never like actually sat down and listened to his comedy. Uh, well, you, you got to... I got to give... I got to give props to Bill Cosby because... For two reasons he's the father of a lot of cast style, you know, he fathered, he fathered Richard Pryor style and he fathered whoever Richard Pryor fathered. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So anybody that was looking up to Richard Pryor got a tip they had to Bill Cosby. And then the other reason is I actually had a telephone conversation. This fool, this brother, I'm sorry, this fool, well, I could, man, I mean it endearingly. This fool called me uh, he called me on a telephone in 2011. So before anything was anything any, before he had experienced any kind of turmoil with his uh, reputation and behavior, he had reached out and called me because uh, he had my contact. I, you know, I got his contact, and we have a mutual we have a mutual contact. And he reached out to me, and I talked about this phone conversation actually on pop grits which was my third comedy album it's called a conversation with bill cosby i talk about that conversation in detail but the fact that he uh he took time out and and, and shot the shit with me as a, a a older comedian you know what i'm saying like a brother just giving me some some game uh and i, I talk about it in that conversation i do end it with a little joke but uh because this was recorded in 2016 when shit started to unravel but um you know I, uh i appreciate that though because he was in the position at that time he didn't have to do that it was it was it was crazy how you know how that the those circumstances came together um and so yeah definitely uh definitely got to give props to and then chris rock bro uh chris rock man he had it, it was uh it was it was something, bro. The the way he came on in this the, his second special, the uh the bigger and blacker. No, wait, what was that? No, what was the the one with the uh bigger and blacker was the first one. I need to get on my Googles. 
But but all the yeah, my Mount Rushmore is them four though. Um Dick Gregory I met before I even did comedy. Um and he gave me some he gave me he gave me some wisdom. And then he was the first person I ever heard talk about the lizard people. And rest in peace, Dick Gregory. He he told me about the lizard people in 03, 04, some shit like that. And so I was like, that was that was funny. But he was he was he was in a space where he was holding court with like prominent black leaders in like the Congressional Black Caucus. And he's a comedian, but everybody shut the fuck up when he was talking. You know, he's not he's not a congressman. He's not a senator. He wasn't a big time lawyer. He wasn't none of these people that you would expect, you know, and they didn't treat him like a fool. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? And he was he was talking conspiracy theories in front of these people and they was listening. Nobody interrupted. Nobody was arguing. Nobody was like, oh, he talking that crazy shit. So I was I was very impressed by the the ability to be heard in them spaces by that brother before I even started comedy before that before that accident happened I had experience observing Dick Gregory holding court among among you know uh sort of like a who's who of black leaders um with with dignity and respect uh Damon Wayans Damon Wayans we used to read this book that he put out called Bootleg and I had watched Damon Wayans specials, but reading it in print, we would laugh the same like we like we was watching him on TV. Me and my little brother, we would just read this book and we could hear the voice that he would use. You know, we can hear this shit and it was published. It's in print. It's no it's no images. It's no pictures. We just we just reading what he's saying. And that shit was just amazing to me that that was possible, that you could print something and then read it. Um, and it still be hilarious. Uh, George Carlin was amazing because he got to he got to he got to take on he got to take on society in a way that was uh, hilarious. His his thing was to point out the hypocrisies and idiocy of the society that we lived in and have it cheered on. And so there might be, you know, there might be a space to say that he might have been privileged for that because I'm sure it'd been a bunch of any other brother who would be talking like that. It wouldn't be comedy. It'd be a political meeting. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but but just the fact that he was he was saying what was what was real and true and the comedic value wasn't in the, the setup punchline. It was in the are you stupid? <laughs> like, are you fucking for real? Like. Doesn't this not look stupid? You know, and so that that was that was deeply expansive to me. And all of these things happened before I took part in comedy myself. And then Dave Chappelle, man, Dave Chappelle, this brother, we would uh we would sit around and listen to his shit like like it was a mixtape. Like we was downloading his shit on Napster and listening to this shit. When moms went to bed, she would be in bed and we wasn't, you know, we wasn't watching it on the TV because we, we didn't have TV privileges like that because, you know, TV got to be turned off at a certain time. But this audio, oh, we're going to get this audio. We're going to get this audio. <laughs> and yeah, man. Uh, and I think his journey, too, is uh, is impressive, man. You know, he was he was he was held up and then he was cast aside, but he went back on his grind. You know what I'm saying? He doubled down 10 toes. He never left comedy. You know, even when I started comedy, that was like when I in 05, that was like the big story was that Dave Chappelle left. But he was still I'm from the Bay. So he was still popping up places in the Bay. Uh, and so he was just square one. And so I like I just got tremendous respect for that. And, he, you know, he came back around a little bit more buff, a little bit more swole, which is like. I think that, you know, I th just seeing that, it just lets you know that it's just like, uh, like, don't try it. <laughs> don't try it this time. All right, man. You know, you got that from, you got that from skinny. You got that from the skinny Dave, but man, come on, man. We, nah, no, nah, we're not going, you're not going to get it from, uh, Bokeem Chappelle over here. Nah, <laughs> partner. So I, I just respect shit like that. 
Anya, what's uh, some words of encouragement or motivation you can give to any comedian that's listening to this right now? Right now, words of encouragement, man. Uh, don't be afraid to go back to your square one. I guess it's always cycles. Um, unlock your own, ignite your own grind. You know, don't don't. It's never over until you say it's over. This whole comedy shit. It's the whole game is 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 a uh what's the word man it's a uh it's a don't quit game as long as you don't quit you win you know as long as you do it till you die you you die doing it you know um there's a i think there was a uh i guess this might not even be the uh well i'm gonna scrap that example but but it's always yo as long as you don't quit just you know if you look forward look forward at yourself looking back and i guess i need to hear this shit too because sometimes you know because sometimes even though even if i hit a new hit a new uh hit a new pinnacle or set a new milestone for myself i still struggle or experience discouragement you know we we living in an age of heavy discouragement and sometimes the discouragement is a sign that you are actually on the correct path. It's like when I first decided to switch over from rapping to stand-up comedy, uh, one of the brothers I was rapping with, the first thing out of his mouth is that that's stupid. And I was like, bro, you that's not encouraging me. You're not in. But that let me know that was like, nigga, you said that shit. That shit sounded so smooth how you said it. I know that I'm supposed to do this. You know what I'm saying? It's like everybody else was too encouraging. Like I needed a nigga hating on me real quick. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I needed that. That's what I that's what I needed to hear to, to let me know that I was doing something proper. You feel me? And so sometimes we need to hear ourselves saying some discouraging shit so we can get back on ourselves and say, Oh, that's that bullshit. You you talking like your your uncle or somebody else, you know? Anya, tell people why they should listen to comedians in bed. Um, what? <laughs> I'm sorry. You mean this program right here, or <laughs> you talking about comedians in bed with Ty Erskine? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Cause it's a stellar podcast, and your brother be asking some solid questions most of the time. Because <laughs> he gonna unlock the, he gonna ask the questions that make you add, make the make the guests, you know, examine things that they hadn't even thought about. You know, he didn't give a, he didn't give out no he didn't give me no pre interview questions. I didn't know where this was going, and so certainly. It might have got long winded in here with me a couple times because I had to really think. I had to be like, "Damn, Anya, I didn't check in when you know. I didn't even search my side. Of it. Man, I didn't even consider that." So yeah, you should definitely listen to comments. You should definitely listen to the podcast "Comedians in Bed" uh, with Ty Erskine. Don't listen to "Comedians in Bed." You might fall asleep sometimes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> don't listen to comics while you trying to go to in while you chilling. In the mattress, okay. Listen to comedians in bed with Ty Erskine, the podcast. Yes, a hundred percent all day. Don't be trying to listen to comedian these comics in bed. You will you'll catch a nap. You your ass will be up there, Martin Luther King dreaming. <laughs> hey man, I just felt like I talked to like my uncle from the bay like this whole time. Like, just, <laughs> I've never, I don't know, I've never talked to somebody from the bed. I've enjoyed the whole conversation Anya, tell people where they can reach you at man where can they find your stuff and some of your albums and all that good jazz uh all my albums are on anything that you stream if you if you pay for a streaming subscription spotify apple music title any of those put my name in there um just go to my website though anyamalik.com that's the hub any, you know, any besides the aforementioned places where you can hear my monetized produced works of art, uh, the AnyaMalik.com the is the hub. No specific social media or any other platform really deserve too much, too much uh, zooming in on. But if you own that, you can find it on AnyaMalik.com. 
All right. And if you want to tune in to next week's episode, you can subscribe to my YouTube channel at Ty Erskine. If not, when you listen to this audio version, you can subscribe to wherever you listen to podcasts. We have my man Anya Malik on here. Be sure to stream Grand Blessings now streaming wherever you listen. Um, listen to podcasts, wherever you want to catch a good old comedy special. He's funny. Check him out. Comedians in bed, man. We appreciate you guys. Anya, we appreciate you, man. Thanks for coming on the show. I appreciate you. Blessings.